circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Welcome to the Master and Apprentice podcast. I am Tyler Brown and I'm joined by Louis Gilbert. Hello. Oh, another Russian accent. You did that last week and you're doing it again. Another Russian accent. accent. Well, what was it? It was Russian last week when we did um, Revenge of the Sith. It wasn't Russian last week. Sorry, what was it then? I don't know. But that was a Russian accent I just did. Well, yeah, that that was very Russian. Well, today we are not talking about a film made in Russia. Uh, we're talking about A New Hope, I believe, made in America, somewhat filmed in England, uh, also in Africa. They got their uh, Tatooine in Africa. So there you go. Some facts there right off the bat. Um, I think we should talk about, should we talk about the bad stuff? Normally we start with the good stuff, but that was on the prequels where good stuff was hard to find. So how I'll about start we start with, with the, bad? We'll start with the bad stuff. Yeah. So uh, what did you absolutely disdain in this film? And what would you just absolutely? What would you remove? And does it ruin the entire film for you? Will you ever watch A New Hope again? I would definitely watch A New Hope again because the last <laughs> okay, time well... I saw it was um, when I was quite young, actually. So mm. I haven't seen it in a while, and seeing it again was kind of refreshing for me. But yeah, um, at the same time. This is like really stupid, but one of the things I didn't like was the poor production value, even though it was oh, made in 1979. Yeah, you have to give it. You have to give it its chance. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. know. I'm just saying. If I'm being brutally honest, uh, that's the one thing I dislike. But that's irrelevant because it was made in 1979. They yeah. didn't know how much money this was going to make. So, yeah. Well, that yeah, the, it it wasn't really. It was an out of nowhere hit, I guess, but. Back in the 70s, did you ever get a film like Star Wars? I mean, to be no. fair, this is definitely one of the slower-paced Star Wars films. But imagine back in the 70s, oh, my God, it, you know, you're watching a high, high-paced high action thriller, basically. I mean, you, you wouldn't see anything like Star Wars. And even though, you know, we watched, like, the updated versions today with all of George Lucas's added-in CGI and all of the animals, and we'll, we'll probably never get to see the original version, um, I'm sure back in the day the effects were just astonishing. I mean, now, watching them now, even though some things are updated, there's still some left-in things that were just what it was in the film, and they, they just look astonishing. It's I mean, if I watched probably the original version, like what came out in cinema, I watched effects that would still hold up, and I guess it's because it's all practical. So there's not really any CGI used. At all, I mean, smoke and there's some backdrops they used, and um, what you need to do. They use CGI when they're going into Mos Eisley. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's where minimum CGI. Obviously, the space battles and all of that. It's all kind of uh, backdrops and added in blue screen and all of that. But otherwise, really, an astonishing feat of just practical effects. I mean, as I mentioned, they went to Africa to, or somewhere in Africa. I don't want to be rude. I mean, I'm just saying Africa There's just one place, but they went to Africa and they built the... Uh, for uh, Tatooine, and there you go, and that's an amazing set. Um, but obviously, they ran into uh, some production issues. I mean, there's a brilliant documentary out there. It's on Disney+. Plus. 
Um, did I recommend it to you? Have you seen it? Empire of Dreams. I have not seen called. it. Have you seen that? Fantastic. It's like a, it's almost three hours long, but trust me, it flies by. It covers the original trilogy, but it's about an hour and a half spent on just this film, on A New Hope. And, you know, the actors are talking about the production woes and how the um, the designers of the film and the uh, the stunt creators and all that, everything was kind of behind. Everyone, The scheduling was bad. They were running out of time to make the film. The effects were not up to George Lucas' standards and all of that. But I, I don't want to spoil it because it is like, even though we've seen the film, we know what comes out and it's an, an amazing feat. I mean, it is it's something to watch, and I would recommend anyone listening to this do find that documentary on Disney Plus. I believe it's on one of the f- um, front pages somewhere. I'm sure you'll find it straight away when you click on. It's one of their big documentaries on there, so I'd recommend anyone to view that. But back to the film itself, um, I think it is pretty much brilliant. I mean, it started whole saga, and I'm going to say this now: it is my uh, favorite uh, Star Wars film. Mm-hmm. Sorry to say, I can I can see why. You know what I mean. Many people say, um, yeah, I just I think the reason I love it so much is that it still feel it feels like one thing. I think people say that George always plans to do, um, you know, six films, but you can kind of tell here it was kind of it was meant to be kind of one and done. If you watch the documentary, which I recommended, he talks on about that the script that he originally wrote was about four hours long. Um, so he had to just take like the first half of the script that he originally wrote and make it into A New Hope. And then the other bits were kind of used on for later if he could make sequels. And I mean, you couldn't have predicted it, but uh, the sequels did come. But this is my favourite because you can watch it on its own. Whereas you can't go into Empire Strikes Back, even though it's so brilliant. You can't go into Empire Strikes Back without watching Return of the Jedi because there's that big cliffhanger. Oh, um, yeah, I, I totally agree. Knows it. It's a cinematic moment. Yeah, I, I agree yeah. with you, you could, on, I mean, um, on that, that you can just watch it as it's as a whole thing. Because, like, you know, we don't know. Um, in the fourth film, so this one, um, you know, people don't know about the Emperor's existence yet, so they don't know that there's a bigger threat. They think that, like, the main threat is Darth Vader, mostly. But they see... Oh, except for that, except for that thing well, with... I think Tarkin is Except for that thing a, with a Moff, Moff Tarkin. Yeah, Moff, actually, no, Moff Tarkin's kind of the, yeah. the big guy. But anyway, it's like, you know, they... Well, yeah, Tarkin, they, yeah, he's like the big one in this. I mean... It's basically, like they go to the secret lair, they kill all the baddies, they come home, and then there's a big celebration, and that's the end. You could, he could have ended the whole Star Wars saga there, and I think everyone would still be pleased. Of course, it wouldn't be as large it is as it is today if it was just one movie, but I think he could have mm-hmm. left it there. Of course, though, if he if he had yeah, left I mean, it there, we wouldn't be talking about it right now. No, we wouldn't start a Star Wars podcast because obviously the thing it wouldn't go off into comics and legends and canon and Disney wouldn't have bought it and kept it alive and did the sequels and we wouldn't have prequels. I mean, that's not a bad thing that we didn't have the prequels. I, I see that's you hate on Hayden Christensen. I hate on the prequels. Um, and if you don't like it, I don't care. I don't care for these people's opinions. They've come to listen to us, and I'll hate on the prequels all I want. But the the original trilogy and this film in particular. 
it just feels like its own thing. I've had many times where I don't necessarily watch the prequels and then the original trilogy. I can just sit down and watch, um, you know, episode four and five and six just on its own. And it's a, it's it's kind of interesting to watch it that way because I never got to really. I think you talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We, I didn't get to really experience that twist of Vader yeah. and Luke, right? Because I always watched it. The prequels came first, so I always knew Anakin was had a child and it would become Luke. But then when you watch it um, like this, when you just watch it on its own and when you watch the other two sequels, you kind of feel like you're watching something completely different because it's very different to the prequels in a way. Um, it's... It's an experience in itself. It's kind of a standalone thing. And I think especially this film, I mean, it's just joyful. I mean, you don't really have to worry. I can sit down and watch A New Hope without having... I just feel like all the worries in the world go away because you don't have to worry about universe building or worrying about, oh, we need to get people interested in a sequel. It was just kind of meant to be this. And I can see that. I mean, as I said, I know people have said that George Joy is planned to do a whole saga. I don't know, but this really works in its own, and I think that's a big, um, big thing in it. Um, let's let's go on to um, characters themselves. I mean, they're some of the most legendary characters in cinema: Han Solo, Chewbacca, Luke, Leia. I mean, C three PO, R two D two. I mean, it's such a cast yeah. of characters that work so well, yeah, and I, especially the droids um, in this. We, I mean, I was the droids. Say, I think good. that the droids R two D two and C three PO. I don't know the exact. Um, I don't know the exact statistics, but I'm willing to bet that this movie um, carries uh, has the most screen time of both C3PO and R2D2 in it. Yeah, you'd have to think. I mean, because the droids are kind of us; they're kind of the audience. I mean, that was the point of kind of introducing them first, because they're kind of out of the they're not a jedi they don't have force wielding powers and i mean luke is also kind of the audience in a way but luke gets pulled more and more into the story as the film goes on whereas the droids are always just there by accident whereas with obi-wan finding luke it felt like it was meant to be it was fate but with the droids it kind of just feels like they've ended up in a situation where they didn't want to be and i think it works brilliant i think this is definitely this film in particular is definitely the best use of the droids because, I mean, they're not made fools of. They kind of have their own banter between them. I mean, they don't have Han Solo, you know, we don't have that Han Solo making fun of C-3PO type uh, relationship going on. It's just kind of R2-D2 and C-3PO for a good, I think now kind of just on their own for like that first quarter of the film. And I think it's pretty good. And there's some beautiful shots and all of that. And I like the banter. I definitely like C-3PO best. C-3PO is pretty good in this film. Whereas I can just bear him in Empire Strikes Back and uh, Return of the Jedi. But here, he's, he's really good. And once again, it's kind of the, um, it's kind of, don't worry about the sequels, it's just them on their own. And I like that. I think the droids definitely work best in this film. Let's talk about, um, once again, going to characters. What did you think of Obi-Wan in this film? And I I think we have to take in, in we have yeah. to remember Ewan's yeah. performance, even though he comes after I, mean, I want to say that I absolutely loved Obi Wan's performance in this film. Is yeah, I love it. Yeah, I absolutely adore it to death. I don't. I don't know why though. I just. It's just really. Is I'm not sure if it's really good acting or if it's just the character. I. 
I'm not sure. All I know is that I really love it. Yeah, I've I've always kind of not really liked the actor, not the acting or the performance. I just didn't like the actor because um, I don't know if you know about this, but years after he just kind of slagged off Star Wars a lot of the times because he's he's uh, he was a Shakespeare actor before this. He performed on stage. He was a renowned English actor, and he thought Star Wars was ridiculous. And he said it at the time. He think the the script was rubbish. He said. He thought it was just hokey religious nonsense, and he said that um, going into the film. And then afterwards, he was really, really annoyed because that's all people would ask him about. It was Obi Wan, and which it, it's understandable, but he was really just hating on the films really up till his death, which is a bit of a shame, especially after such a good performance. Um, but there you go. I I think the performance is good because it's not. Um, it doesn't necessarily come to you in your face. It's kind of there, and it kind of just sort of lands I could, in its I own could place, and it doesn't really. An innuendo it there, but I um I resisted. Oh, well, you've, you've mentioned it now, so you say you resisted it. Yeah, you, I was kind of by, by mentioning I it. I, I was, yeah, I just mentioned it because I couldn't think of a way to say it. Say it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just. He came. He came in my face in a way. You know what I mean. There's no one you under there. He was just. He was coming over uh, towards my face, and there's nothing wrong with that, Louis. Okay. 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 God. Come up. Yeah. God. God. Last week you were on about the six and old men. Actually, that was me. Still, there was no one you end up on that either last week. Um, but yeah, it's a good performance. Um, but it's not. It doesn't overstay its welcome. And. You have to remember, he's not really, he's in this kind of film a bit. He's not really in there too much, and he's definitely, I wouldn't say, and I might get a lot of flack for it, I wouldn't say Obi-Wan is a main character in any of these original trilogy films. He's, he's here the most in episode four, he gets killed, and then he shows up like once in Empire, and then he shows up twice and speaks like once in Return of the Jedi. So he's not really there that much. And I like that kind of... I mean, I would have wanted to see a bit more of Alec Guinness, but I understand why they killed him off. Just to kind of um, give Luke his own yeah. hero journey and kind of learn the way of the past. He kind of... So he well. kind of... Um, but I wouldn't have mind strug- um, With no master, he kind of struggles to get the hang of it. But when he works on his, on his own, he finds like... Like, I just want to say, like, also according to the comics that were made after all the original trilogies were made, I think this is in, like, the late late 1980s, the, a Dark Horse signed a contract with LucasArts to make Star Wars comics with them. And um, they made it about ah. Luke Skywalker. And Luke Skywalker was one of the most powerful, and Luke Skywalker was named the most powerful Jedi to have ever lived. And I think, and I'm just thinking maybe because he didn't have Obi-Wan to teach him how to do it, and he figured it all out on himself, on just on the core um, beliefs of the Jedi and the Jedi texts and all that. Maybe that allowed, by him doing it his own way, maybe it made him more powerful than other Jedi. I might just be talking out my ass there, but, you know, 
Well, you could you could just be in yeah, with me but... the first time, but I also think that um I wouldn't class him as a Jedi really, Luke, because he can't he came after the order. So I've always found him to just be kind of a rebel, but like the best rebel out there. And that's just how I've always seen him. I know he's probably a classified as a Jedi. But that's also what I liked about this original trilogy. It doesn't overbear you with the Jedi stuff. We we learn about it in this film from Obi Wan. We get a bit more of it in uh, from Yoda later on in uh, Episode Five. But it's not them sitting on cushions and saying, "Well, think to yourself" and all of this. It's not because in the in the prequels you see a lot of kind of the Jedi Temple, but you never learn that much. I mean, it's kind of just them sitting yeah. on cushions. Whereas this, I've always liked because it's. It's not necessarily action, but it always feels like there's moving parts that you have to keep up with, which I like. I like when the film keeps kind of a moving pace. It doesn't stall for just to try and boost its runtime or to try and get something in that probably isn't really worth it to the film. And I think the it definitely represents the force the best, in my opinion, because it tells us about it, but it doesn't throw it in our face. We mm-hmm. learn as Luke learns. And even after, even if you watch the prequels, then this, I feel like we're still learning something new. It's kind of weird in that way, but I always feel like when Luke is learning, we're learning. And I've seen this from a thousand times, but I always feel like we are in that kind of learning space. And I think that's why Luke works so well, because he's kind of all of us. I think a lot of us will probably want to be Han Solo, but we're all the Luke. We're kind of, we have so much potential, but we're not necessarily about a badass, you know, man in his ship with his little Chewbacca. We're just a man learning his way and a pretty humble one. And I think Luke is always connected with the audience because we learn with him. And that's the that's something that Lucas did brilliant as um, yeah. a writer and director, I think. Unless that's just unintentional. I never know with Lucas. <laughs> um, but and, there you go. Um, on the topic um, of force... I spoke about this uh, three weeks ago when we were reviewing um, The Phantom Menace. I prefer the explanation of the Force um, in A New Hope rather than in The Phantom Menace. Because in The Phantom Menace, they give a very scientific explanation that kind of, and I think that kind of ruined the whole magic for everyone. You know, they talked about the Mitochlor, the Midichlorians. And the midichlorians help you, you use the force and all that. And in this, um, Obi-Wan says, uh, the force is created by all living beings. It pen- it surrounds us, penetrates us, and... Oh, dirty bastard. <laughs> and, all, and all that. Um, and I, I just prefer that. I just prefer that, um, that explanation because it feels a lot more... Um, as I said, magical. It feels a lot more. Uh, it feels like a, a lot of human. Yeah, more human, human in a way. It feels like a connection. And also, yeah, I, ag- I agree with you. With the um, they're not showing any of the Jedi stuff now. Face uh, in the in the original trilogy, it um, because I think in the prequel mm. trilogy, Jedi were too well known as. Um, stuff that existed and then for the for probably the first people viewing a new hope um they would have thought oh 
What's a Jedi? That sounds cool, but it also sounds kind of secret, you know? Yeah, definitely. I prefer that. I know, that's also because... Yeah, and that's also because the Empire about and the the Jedi wouldn't be allowed to the scrolls at all to be burned and all that. But I also like with the original trilogy. And when we're talking about this film, I'm going to keep going back to like the whole trilogy because even though this film stands alone and on its own, a lot of its key values get more time and maybe the sequels and all of that. So the reason I think the Force works so well is because. Obi-Wan has that legendary explanation of, of course, you're penetrating, as you of like course. to say, um, and he says. And then that's kind of the only mention of it. We get some training with Luke, but it is really brief. I mean, we never really see, we never see kind of Luke go into a Jedi temple. We don't, we don't see him find any relics. We don't see him going any caves or any of that. And we see him go in a cave in episode five, but that's really just five seconds. I mean, most films, if you had something, I think this is why the Force always resonated more than some other films. If they did something magical like this, it's because some of the reasons I don't like Harry Potter, right? Just to bring him up, is they force the magic down our throats a lot, and we don't really. It's sometimes more about the magic than it is the characters. Whereas Star Wars has always done best when they've put the characters first, but they've given them this kind of magic but the magic kind of enhances them it doesn't necessarily define them and i think that's what works best if this film was just about uh boy finds magic magical force boy goes searching for magical force um you know boy finds magical force and now he's a master jedi it wouldn't work i because that's not what we wouldn't be able to do that i i think this film works because it's down with us we want to save people, but we wouldn't necessarily blow up a whole space station. But Luke is just a farming boy. He didn't really know about the Force until Obi-Wan tells him. He learns about it. He's interested in it, but he never really goes out searching um, to really learn more until episode five. And then when he starts to learn more, he cares more about his friends and he wants to save them. And when he you know, when he blows up the Death Star, it's all just to save friends more. Um I don't think he's going up there to the Death Star to say, I'm going to save the universe. I'm going to be a hero. That's not what it is. He just wants to save his friends. He wants to save the rebels. Because obviously at the end of the film, the Death Star is about to blow up the rebel base. So that is really what it's about. It's about saving your friends. And I think there's always been that relationship. And I think it connects with us. Obviously, we won't be blowing up space stations, as I said, and we won't necessarily be going out with a laser sword. But it's still got those key values, and I think that's why Star Wars works. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. So that's what I've always liked. But then it's also got that Hollywood feel with Han Solo. He's a bad badass. He's you know he has a ship, but he's also a flawed character. I mean, you know he's he's quick talking and all of that, but he can seems to fail on the relationship level. I mean, we don't see it that much in this film, which I would have probably liked to see a bit more of. Han Solo's flaws in this film. We learned that he's a hothead um, and he kind of rushes things, but I would have liked to see maybe more of that built up with Leia. We see a lot of Leia stuff in episode five and that's kind of when their relationship comes to the front of things, but we don't really see it in this film. With Han Solo and Leia. Um, But I... 
Yeah, I would have liked to see something with Leia and Han Solo, maybe even teased in the song. Like, uh, well, yeah, a couple of moments with them arguing when they're yeah, going down the trash the, in, in that film, uh, we we get like little hints that Han Solo may, may, maybe fancies Leia because he says, um, I remember he's there are two times uh, that I can remember. He, he says to Luke, Do you think a girl like her? Do you think a princess like her and a guy like me? And Luke just says, no. He doesn't even let him finish. She's, no. Well, yeah, there's that. But then what uh, I find um, the problem with, which but, is but then the at the problem. end, there's also the scene when they're giving out the medals. And um, when Leia puts the medal around um, Le- Leia's neck, uh, around Han Solo's neck, uh, he, gives her, he gives her a little wink and she smiles at him and like, and it was like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, there's that. I mean, they do have limits, of course, but what I didn't really, what I found a bit mental was we had this fight, and then it, in episode five, we jump fight in, and they're basically husband and wife arguing. And obviously they're not husband and wife, but they're arguing, and they kind of seem to have a defined relationship, even though Leia doesn't see it. But there's obviously, it's more heavy, straight off in an Empire Strikes Back. So I maybe what wanted to build it up more, but maybe it would have, you know, brought the film down a bit because it's not really about that kind of thing. I think Empire could take liberties with um, exploring more of the character in more depth, especially the kind of the side character of Han Solo and all that. But Luke is episode four. Uh, the You know, Princess Leia is a character that comes along, but she's kind of a goal in the beginning to find her. Um, and she's important to the plot. And Hans- and everything is meant to help Luke along. They're not necessarily the, the most defined characters. I think Han is definitely at his best in episode five. I mean, he has definitely one of some of the best um, lines. I mean... Of course, I love you, and then he goes. I know. I know. That's episode five. But we don't get we don't get zingers in this film. We have cool moments which makes us think, "Oh, this character's good, and he'll bring us along." But he's not necessarily a full fledged character because the story's about Luke, and it's all to get him along. And Obi Wan is not necessarily a full fledged character. He's much of a kind of enigma at the beginning of the film and really for the entire original trilogy we don't learn much about Obi-Wan we know that he worked with Anakin during the Clone Wars uh, which we didn't know anything about at the time and you know it moves on the only reason we look at Obi-Wan now and I might be wrong saying this the only reason we look at Obi-Wan in this film is because we kind of take the prequels in but back in the day we w- those people wouldn't be allowed to take the prequels in. And I don't know if Obi-Wan was necessarily looked back as such a great character back then. But I might be wrong then. But when I look at this kind of Obi-Wan, I always see kind of Ewan McGregor, always. Even though Ewan came second, I always see Ewan McGregor. I think they look kind of similar. Might be a bit weird. Well, I, I was watching a, a documentary for the prequels and um was saying I want them to kind of... um get get looking similar as the films go on. So in the third, in uh, episode three, they look probably the most similar because uh, Ewan's going to transform into Alec yeah. Guinness. Well, Alec Guinness or whatever his name is. So, yeah, so they look really similar. But I always think of Ewan. What do you think of? Do you, When you see Ewan, do you think of 
uh, at the Guinness, what do you think of when I, Ewan? When I see Ewan, I think of... When I see Ewan McGregor in any film, I think that's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, when, yeah. I see Obi, when I see Ewan McGregor playing Obi-Wan Kenobi, I still think, oh, that's Obi-Wan Kenobi. When I see Alan Guinness, I think that's Ewan McGregor. Yeah, and maybe that's just us because we grew up with the prequels, I'd say. Um, did you watch the prequels first or did you see the um, I seem to remember, I think I watched, I'm not sure, I may have, okay, I may have seen um, A New Hope first um, or I may have just watched uh, the original trilogy more than the prequel trilogy. Because I seem to remember Alan Guinness more as Obi Wan than Ewan in the beginning. Maybe I mean I I remember the I know the first film I actually saw and it was Return of the Jedi. So that's actually why the whole twist with um, at the end of Empire was spoiled because they were literally just calling each other father and son. So that's why that's the, why that was spoiled. Yeah. So that was my first film, Return of the Jedi, and then I watched the prequels. And then I found. Oh wait, um, wait, wait! A, a new hope. Uh, Return of the Jedi um, was actually the first Star Wars film I watched, but I didn't actually know it was Star Wars. I remember. Whoa! I remember. So hey, I didn't know. No, so we were um, we were at like a, I was four. I was four at the time. Mm. Mm. Uh, we were at a house party somewhere. Um, oh, classic! That's when you put Return of the Jedi yeah. on. At house party, getting white. It was white my mum and dad were invited with me, of course, um, well, and my si- and my two year old sister to uh, to this house party. So we went. There were other little kids there. One of them stole a toy rocket ship off me, so I punched them. Um, <laughs> Whoa! And then I, and then we made up, and then, um, <laughs> and then we made up, and then, um, uh, then someone put a Return, Return of the Jedi on, and um, I was watching this, was oh, like, yeah, oh my god, this piece. is, this is actually so cool. And when the rancor came in, I was, I was crying, and I was saying, what? I was saying to my friends. To the friend who I punched, uh, Dad, um, what's that? And he says, "Oh well, that's Luke Skywalker tackling a rancor." And I was like, "Ah!" And I didn't even—I had no idea what he just and said. I just—I just knew there was. I just punched your son. Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea what he just said. All I knew was big scary monster, small little man. I'm scared for the small little man against a big scary Classic monster. Classic story. Yeah. Classic story. Yeah. Well, I because my nan kept recording. You record this, she recorded it about five times before I even watched it. So I popped it on. And the thing that stood out to me was that kind of beginning part in the palace because Leia was in her little scampy bit dress. Mm. So that stood out. But that's, I was six at the time, so I, you know, I wasn't excited necessarily. I was just thinking, oh, that's a bit of fight. And then um, I saw Darth Vader, and then I was like, oh, this guy is fucking legendary. And... I connected with him more than I connected with Luke. I tell you that now. When I saw Darth Vader, I lost my mind. I was thinking, this guy's a badass. I, I want to be Darth Vader, I was saying, because he's just walking around uh, as like a killer. So that's the first one I saw, and it was pretty good. 
And then I actually to go back on a new hope, I found a new hope later on and I remembered the memory, I popped it on because I'd watched the prequels and I had them all on like shitty DVD. And when I say shitty DVD, these were like probably the second editions. So they weren't even the updated editions really. There was a few updates. Shitty copies. I popped in a new hope. I had fish and chips. I remembered that actually it was fish and pie or whatever. I don't know, chips and pie. I was watching it and I thought, this is shite. I actually didn't like it. I thought it was boring. Because when you see, listen, when you see Return of the Jedi, right? And then you go to A New Hope, it can be jarring. It can really be jarring. Yeah, I can understand that. They're completely different films. So I was thinking, this is absolute rubbish. And then I saw Darth Vader, right? And I was like, oh, this guy's cool again. But he didn't have his updated suit. This was like, obviously, the suit in uh, A New Hope. And I thought, that looks rubbish. It's not as cool as Return of the Jedi. What's going on here? Uh, I I was ready to smash up the gaps. But um, I did it's enjoy just, the ending. It's it's just tight leather with a cape. It's, yeah, it does I mean, have it all the buttons. The suit, the suit in this one looks really dirty. It isn't shiny. It's muddy. I hate the suit in this film. I don't know if I'm alone on that. Do you hate the suit, or do you just dislike it? I actually hate <laughs> I it. I don't. I, I don't. Re- I don't like it as much as it was in um, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. It annoys but me. then, but then in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, they had a much bigger budget. But then, again, what I'll tell you, what annoys me the most because I watched the pre. I always, when I was a kid, I used to always. You always have to watch the prequels first, otherwise you're breaking the law. So you pop on the prequels, you pop on Episode Three. At the end of Episode Three, he comes out in his updated suit, all shiny, looking cool. So when you pop in Episode Four and he's in this shitty, muddy suit. I was annoyed. I thought, what's going on here then? Because obviously I didn't know. I didn't know this came out in 1979, did I? I was just thinking, no. this comes after episode four, three. It says episode four. So obviously it was created afterwards. What has gone on here? And then, oh, I tell you what really annoyed me. The lightsaber fight. I think I actually fell asleep. I, well, I Obi-Wan, I Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. Yeah. You have to agree. It's, I left you. I was the with worst. the learner. Now it's, I am the master. Only a master of evil, Darth. Well, that's our intro, of course. But I did, I did, I did hate the actual action yeah. of it. It wasn't, it wasn't the best lightsaber fight I've ever seen. But I think um, after watching it another time uh, recently, um, it's actually better than I remember. Still not, it's well, not brilliant, it. but it's still better than I remember. I, I definitely don't like it, but I can appreciate it because obviously it's the first of its kind. And obviously they were smacking together like light tubes. You know, they, they actually, uh, there was some YouTuber. I'm not sure if they're YouTubers, um, if they're known as YouTubers or not, but there were some people who um, made that scene. Uh, they reimagined it. Oh, I so it was. Oh, yeah, have you fantastic. seen it? Yes, absolutely fantastic. And I, I forget what it's called, and I really want to search it out. It's like scene thirty, uh, a new hope, scene thirty-eight reimagined. I think it's brilliant, and I'm going to find it now. So try and cover for me, but I'm going to keep trying to talk. But I'm currently typing away, so if right. I sound a bit dumb. That's because I'm typing away. And I, I, I will definitely put this in the description. If, if you haven't seen it, I mean, you're going to... It is actually... It's 
when when those bits are added in by those guys, I don't know what they do. I think they do a lot of editing of that kind. Yeah. When, when they add with, that bit in, it makes uh, it one of the best fights. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the things that I really think that you focus on when you see this like reimagined scene is like how far we've come in uh sit in like filmmaking technology and how accessible it is to the public now um compared to how Ooh. it was in 1979 well it is it's just a mental time if you know if we have to go into technology and all that it is crazy that you know in a way people can make their small budget star wars films Mm. Um, we've seen it with, um, you know, Star Wars Theory made the, the Vader show that he did an episode of. Oh, he did one brilliant. episode of that like two and a half years ago. and he... He'll bring it back. I'm sure he will. And He I, will. I he will. He's doing. actually working on the second episode. Uh, it's crazy. I mean, and it's Disney, Disney, uh, Disney, like copyright strike or did something to him that stopped him from, that stopped him from like, uh, monetize uh making money of the episode of the episodes of the darth vader show he made which i think is absolutely scummy it's it's disgusting i why would they do that i i okay just uh, well george lucas came to his rescue though george lucas comes to uh, yeah i have to respect george because he does he cares for the uh you know the creators and the fans he cares for his baby. He cares for his child. Well, yeah, but I'm sure if he still had ownership over Star Wars fully, I don't think he'd fully be ever too much of a happy boy. Would say, "What are you doing?" But um, to just get the uh, full thing that we're on about with the updated um, New Hope fight, it's called Star Wars SC Thirty Eight Reimagined. It's it's called F. I T F X Inton post. I don't know. You can find it if you just do the title. Right. I is over. That's I didn't like, but I didn't call it one of the best. It's and that's probably being hard. But I respect it for what it was trying to do. But the writing for it's good, and that's why we have it in our intro, because of the, obviously the great line that you said, and it can just say that line again about being the master, Louis. Go on. Um. Okay. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. You're only a master of evil, really? Darth. <laughs> I, I got like a little kind of. I, I, I got a little bit of uh, spit in my throat there. It made the Obi-Wan voice sound more robot than the Darth Vader voice at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that fight scene wasn't great. Um, ooh, actually, this brings me on to our weekly segment of languages because I want to mention um, Jabba the Hutt because he's in this oh, for yeah. five seconds in the updated version. Uh, before before um, we do this segment, I just want to say I apologize for all my previous Rodian 
or Rodi's <laughs> mishaps. Well, because you uh, when once I rewatched A New Hope, I listened to um, a Greedo speaking. I sound absolute. I I'm terrible. I'm so terrible. It's brilliant. A... I don't care what people say. Yeah. They can judge you. You know. I I did have a hundred thousand emails saying you were shit. No, I didn't get any emails because who 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 emails people anymore? But I think. If you do a language delay, you'll make up for your previous mishaps. And I'm just going to do the jingle, and you can get right, right into it. Oh, but... Louise talking shit. Go on, boy. <sighs> I forgot. I, um, I had it in my up. head just now. I had it in my head just now, a phrase that I was going to do in Rodian. and I forgot. Oh, we're doing it's it. Okay, gone. yeah, we're doing Rodian. We're doing Rodian. Okay, this is Rodian by Louis Gilbert. Go on, son, I'm proud of okay. you. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Uh, I can't, I can't do it right. Anything. Because... I wouldn't know the difference. They will, <laughs> but I won't. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, <laughs> anything. Just, Jesus, Louis. <laughs> he's just laughing he's just giggling this is not this is, this is terrible <laughs> podcasting come on yes it is um they've come for the languages that's the only reason they watch i'm these. sorry i'm sorry this is not a good segment anymore i can't it's, no it's it's the best segment it's the only segment actually and we need we need at least one segment a week so you need to do it whether you like it or not because i need to pay the bills and you better get to it right now I don't know why I said um, I can speak a little. I think I can mimic a little bit of hut ease, as they call it. Wait, well, but it was just you just said we're going to do Rodian, and now it's hut ease. Yeah, but so I, fo- I forgot. I forgot. I had a phrase in my head. Oh. I forgot. Okay, well, I can then mimic I a little bit again. of hut ease. Okay, now I to do the jingle again. Hi, I'm a Louis, talking shit. Okay. Um. Oh God, is that it? No. What? Come on, Louis. Udo sada solo, sida brita. That no, that wasn't. No, I didn't mimic that right. Sida brita is not is not a Hutti's word. <laughs> Oh well, is that is that down or do you want to try again? Kuda Mita, Uda, my boy, Sida Si. There, I um I mimicked a I mimicked a sentence that uh Jabba the Hutt said to Han Solo in in New Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, of course, classic, classic. Well, did you hear, I'm sure. Did, did you hear the name Solo and Han in there? I had, I, I, I had Solo. I heard boy in there, um, but I didn't. I don't. I don't know if I heard Han, but I'm sure it was in there. Um, <laughs> well, that was the weekly, the, the renowned weekly award-winning segment of Louis talking shit. It actually went a lot. I actually mimicked that a lot better than I thought I was going to. I, I thought it was brilliant. The only reason I laugh is just it is a bit ridiculous if you think about it. 
if we were proper human beings, I don't think we would be sitting here talking across the internet in hatties. So I, I don't, you know, I think we might be psychopaths, and I think we need to be locked up. But otherwise, it's an award-winning segment. Um, okay, Tyler, uh, that will challenge yeah. for us next week. We're oh. uh, we are both going to speak the entire <laughs> the entire podcast in fluent Gian notion. <laughs> well, I think. We, I don't know if we can agree to that. If we can, fluent If we can get this to fifty thousand likes, um, we can do a poll and see what the fans want. I'm sure they, I'm sure they want to sit here. Uh, we already talk enough gobbledygook that they can't understand. Geonosian is is probably the hardest Star Wars language to mimic or speak. You know what? Let's schedule it in. I don't know if it'll necessarily be next week, but I think we should definitely do a podcast. I don't know if it'll be like an hour long, but we could do like a 10-minute podcast of just speaking Gian Ocean, and I would be up for that. We'll schedule that in for a later date down the road, okay. and you fans will have to remind us of that. Because we'll I'll need to pick it. up some Gian Ocean dictionaries. I'm sure the library will be selling them out. Um, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure they're very popular. Down in yeah. down in Twickenham Library. Um, back 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 to the world famous review now. Um, so we've we've done the languages little thing there. That was all a little bit of fun. But now we are going to talk about the film again. And I think we have to talk about the biggest character in the film, Darth Vader. In my opinion, he's one of the biggest characters because obviously he he becomes even bigger in Episode Five. It's his breakout performance. In a way, you could say, Louis, that Darth Vader comes out of the closet in episode five. Um, but here, he's still in the closet. What did you think of Darth Vader in this film? In the closet, Darth um, Vader. If I were to put him into one word, um, okay. underused. Definitely. I, I, did, I, I read an article that said, um, I said this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast for The Phantom Menace, but Jar Jar Binks was in, had more screen time in The Phantom Menace than Darth Vader has screen time in A New Hope. I think he's only on the screen for like seven minutes. That is and ridiculous. That, so there you go. But he wasn't obviously he wasn't meant to be a big a big player. I don't think he was ever meant to be too big. And that that goes into my theory that Lucas never planned it all because um, obviously. If you're going to have someone like Darth Vader that becomes so big, um, you'd probably use him more, especially if, if especially if you plan him to be the father of the main character of your film. You'd probably have him on screen more for more than seven minutes. But I think he has some great. Well, he has one great scene, and I'm not saying everything else is rubbish. But there's one iconic scene where he's choking out one of the officers. It's classic in the board and. It, it's probably, I want to say, besides um, one of the other scenes in the film, it's my second favourite scene. Definitely. Um, my favourite scene is uh, when Luke's looking at uh, the suns, the, the binary suns. That's, oh, yes. I think that's the greatest scene in Star Wars, and you can fight me on it. That is, um, that's amazing. How they, um, they must have used CGI for the two suns. Well, obviously, I, obviously they I, did. I'm guessing, I feel like it might have been um, not a painting, 
But I feel like they probably got some cardboard, right? Painted <laughs> it orange and then kind of... I don't know what I'm talking about. I was thinking... I was thinking in my head, right, because I'm obviously a special effects artist, as you can tell by how I'm speaking, that they got they got a piece of wood, painted it a colour of the sky, and then shunned two lights on them. But I don't think that's how it works. Um, Louis, you, you do all of that kind of editing and special effects. Is that how they did it? Did they get a plank and set it up in the corner? No, and no I don't like... think so. I'm not... I am... Um... I'm not known for my special effects whatsoever. If anything, I'm if if we're talking if we're talking Skyrim statistics, I'm novice or maybe apprentice. And well, I understand apprentice. I don't know what a novice is. It kind of sounds like a novice. Novice is before apprentice. <laughs> Great. Okay, so you'd, I'd say you're probably an apprentice then. Um, but I think it's the greatest scene in Star Wars, and I know it's George Lucas's favourite Star Wars scene. So in a way, I'm George Lucas and I'm a genius. Um, would you fight me on that? Say again? Am I a genius? Am I a genius? Just like George Lucas. A genius? Yeah. Hmm. To, yes, maybe. To some yeah. degree. Well, yeah. One, we could, ar- one could argue. One could argue. Well, no, I think I, I think at least five could argue. Okay, many could argue. <laughs> yeah, I think because cause me and George both love this scene. It's our favorite Star Wars scenes. I would say we're both geniuses. You're uh, you're an watching. intellectual who um, differs from the crowd. I would because say... the scene is so simple, um, oh. and it's kind of. You know, it's just the it's just the just the cherry on top for Star Wars. It's it is Star Wars defined. It's got the beautiful Star Wars theme by John Lucas. John Lucas. John, <laughs> John Williams. Williams. <laughs> Who the hell's John Lucas? I think he <laughs> might be uh, George Lucas's ginger brother. So John Williams did a beautiful score for this film, and obviously the Force theme is. I fight me on this again. The Force theme is. One of the greatest pieces of music ever composed. Would With you, the would slow you da, 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 that one. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that, yeah. you know I, the theme. It's classic yeah, I songs. love that. I love that. Yeah, it's and it's played in this scene. And it, this scene is fantastic because it defines Star Wars. It defines hope. It defines a new hope. And I think it you. You never see a Star Wars highlight video or any of those kind of video essays ed- edited ag- edited together that doesn't include the binary sun scene. See, I, I don't think I've ever seen a Star Wars cl- kind of um, edited together tribute video that doesn't have the scene. I really don't. I've, and that's how iconic it is. And I think it, it lives on as one of the greatest scenes in not only Star Wars history, but cinema history. Um, and you may call me a nerd, but I wear glasses and I've shitty hair, so I already have been called a nerd many times. Um, but it is a fantastic scene. And I think it it's definitely defines the film for me. When I think of A New Hope, I think of I think of Darth Vader choking out one of the um, Imperial officers. Officers, and I also think of um, oh, and I also think of the binary sun scene. 
Uh, what scenes do you think of? That's a good question, actually. When I think of A New Hope, I probably yeah, agree with you. I'd say C-3PO and R2-D2 walking on the sand dunes and mm. um, Luke looking at the sunset. And also, even though we've talked about the lightsaber duel, I do think of the lightsaber duel as well. If we had to put three, three scenes in, lightsaber duel is any thought of as um, yeah. top brass. Top, top <laughs> one dumbass dumb thing that I failed to understand time and time again um, in this film is when they're in the cantina, there are just these two guys who just come up and say to Luke, um, oh, yeah, um, we're, we're wanted men. I have the death death warrant in twelve systems. Like, okay, who asked? We don't care. Well, and he's, it's, I'll be it's careful. the definition of a rogue man. You'll be it? dead. It's it's picking a, a fight for no reason whatsoever. I don't understand it. It's just like, oh yeah, the the bad guys, the bad guys because they're bad. <laughs> Well, it's the definition of uh, a chav from Felton coming up and saying, do you like my new tracksuit bottoms? I'm hard. I have blood on them. Um, do you want to fight me, bruv? And, you know, Luke is just trying to say, listen, man. On the scrap, bruv. Listen, listen, dude, I'm just trying to drink my drink, man. And you're coming up in my face like, what are you doing, dude? And I'm just trying to be a bro. And you're trying to be like, yeah. And I'm trying to be like, yeah. And then Obi-Wan comes in, he's like... Yeah, stop it, boys. Put it apart. <laughs> That's my Obi Wan impression. <laughs> my favorite <laughs> imitation of my favorite imitation of this scene is the Family Guy Star Wars version of it, where <laughs> where, where he says, um, uh, where it's like, um, I'll be careful, and he says, you'll be dead, and then he says, I don't even know you. And it's just Chris, and he yeah. gets really angry. Uh, but I think I gave it a bit of an English uh, twang to it, didn't I? I mean, yeah. Obi Wan did come over and say, "Listen, lads, let's put it apart. We've all had, we've all had a laugh tonight. This one's not but, worth it." Well, uh, that's a bit of a posh impression. Obi Wan in my that's mind, what he says. Uh, yeah, Obi Wan in my mind comes from Gloucestershire. Um, he he might be even someone from Essex. Uh, he's like, get off it, dude. That's my Essex impression. Um, I'm a classic man with English impressions. Give me a county in England and I'll I'll show my skills. Go on, give me one. Um, Norfolk. Oi, you laddie. Stop it. <laughs> hmm. Give me another one. Pretty good. Um, <laughs> Central London. Oi, ya laddie, stop it. <laughs> oh, brilliant, classic. But there when, you I say, classic. when I said uh, when I said Central London, I was expecting you to speak like a chav and say something like, anyone got a ciggy? I'd like a cigarette to bring home to my wife as I do it in the bedroom while my two-year-old son sits on the floor eating his Jaffa cakes. That's good. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! Listen, I just realised for American viewers, they they don't know, they don't understand these classic British values. Oh my goodness, do. they do not know what Jaffa cakes are. I know. Okay, give me an American person to impress. Like, give me a 
uh, state in America? Um, Texas. Yee-haw, I'm on a horse. Yee-haw. What the fuck was that? <laughs> We're going to blow your head off. Yee-haw. You sound Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Texas Welshman. <laughs> oh, we've had a laugh, but I mean, we, should, we should get back to the film until we lose our minds. Um, so uh, let's talk about the the trench one. Let's talk about the final um, action scene in the film. It still holds up, doesn't it? Yeah, so, I've. Yeah. I gotta admit, I was on. I was on the edge of. I was on the edge of my seat. For the yeah, for the most recent time viewing it, I was, I was I um you know my hand in my mouth I was gritting my teeth. Hand in your mouth. Yeah, hand in my I mouth. I was chewing on my hand. Dinner was gone. I needed something to eat. Hand in your mouth. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it still holds up. Um, I wasn't very sure about when Darth Vader comes in. And he starts, you know, blowing the place apart. And he starts, he starts shooting off the tie fighters, all that. Not the tie fighters. He starts shooting off the rebels. Uh, you know, he's doing a great job. But then he just gets defeated. And I didn't like that. I didn't like how it was just kind of what? so easy to defeat him. And then, and then Han Solo goes, "Yahoo!" He comes in with the Millennium Falcon. No, he goes, "Yeehaw! Get on you, my horse! Yeehaw!" Is that not is that not what he does? <laughs> oh, but yeah, I I really like. I think it still holds up. Um, and I'd be willing to say it it might be better. I like this one more than the Return of the Jedi French one. Yeah, but, same. But I I think the effects on the uh, Return of the Jedi one obviously are better, and I think there's more there's more kind of. Se- scenery and there's different points of the trend they go to but this is simple but effective certainly and then when Luke fills that hole um, yes innuendo when Luke fills that when Luke fills that hole I I just exploded <laughs> <laughs> um, along with me on, on the couch um, but it was I was excited, and when it just blows up, I was, you know, ecstatic. I, I really liked the ending. Uh, obviously, Chewie didn't get his medal, though. When they're standing in line getting their medals, poor Choo Choo never got his medal. This is a this um this is a race offense because okay. Chewbacca is a Wookiee, and they're human beings. <laughs> well. Is Leia a human being? There is no is excuse. Leia is a is a racist, and she should and she should be taken out of her monarchy. In is she in a monarchy? Uh, she's a she's, she's a princess, princess Leia. Yeah, yeah. so that monarchy. Yeah, monarchy. She should yeah, be taken. Princess. She should be taken out of monarchy immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know how many people are at that ceremony. I don't think, you know, people will be going mental. I don't know if they have news a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, I don't know how many cameras were capturing the event. Wookie lives matter. (laughs) Wookie lives matter, yeah. This is all jokes. I do not condone Louis' use of the Black Lives Matter slogan as a joke. Uh, I will be quitting this podcast now because I do not want to be killed. 
Um, no, but Wookiee lives do matter. Princess Leia matters. This film matters. Um, does it still hold up? Does the film still hold up after so many years? Yes. Well, thanks for that insight, Louis. <laughs> yes. Uh, what what holds up best for you? Um, I think. <laughs> He's laughing. I think himself. Anthony Daniels' acting as C three PO holds up the best. Oh. It's can timeless. I just say, guys? It's absolutely can I just say, timeless. Guys, can I just all I'll say is for the listener of this podcast, I don't know if have you sucked Anthony Daniels' dick before on the podcast because you do it a lot in person. I tell you that you are an Anthony Daniels fanboy, and I never thought I'd be saying that about anyone. He's the only. Yeah. He's the only uh, Star Wars character who I've seen in person, and I'll tell you why you saw him because he'll take. He is, he is trying to get a lot of cash. I mean, he's, you know, when the, I've said this, actually. I think I said it on the podcast. When the Star Wars stuff dries up, I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, he, he might have he'll... to work at insane speeds. He'll be stacking shelves at, in he a way. He wrote his own book recently. The Skywalker saga is finished. He, I'm quite sure he, um, you know, he's a... He's an elderly gentleman, um, which means he he may die soon, sooner than others. Oh. So you know, I'm sure he has enough money to last him until that eventual expiry date. Expiry? You are listen. What expiry date? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm He's sorry. not old. Eventual. Milk. <laughs> eventual. Um, how shall I, how can I put it gently? Death. <laughs> death. <laughs> Until his eventual death. Um, no, it was all um, jokes. I, 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 went... I like Anthony Daniels. Yeah. I don't hate him. I think he, I think he'll, he'll do anything for money. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I thought I saw him, um, just in central London behind a, a trash can um, with his knob and bollocks out, <laughs> getting sucked off by Chewbacca, um, and I was scared. Jesus but... Christ! <laughs> but he'll do anything for good, bear cash. That's a um, that's a bit of rule thirty-four for you. For, for those who don't know what it is, don't look it up. Do look it up. Look, if we say if we say something on this podcast, you better look it up because we only we only say the finest. Um, is there anything else to say before we start rating the film? Any more kind of key points to look at in depth? One thing um, I really loved. It may just be me because when I first saw this, I didn't understand it because I was quite young. Um, uh, when they're investigating the uh, the blaster shots on the Jawa thing, on the big Jawa sand crawler, and Luke's yeah. saying, "Oh, they're sand people," and then he says, and then um, everyone says, "Oh no, they're stormtroopers." Now, originally, I did understand that, and then Luke says, "If they trace the droids here, then they must have traced them back home." I didn't understand that before when I was very young. I just thought that they killed 
on Baru and Uncle Owen because they were the bad because they were the baddies. Um, yeah, but I quite like that scene. Yeah, I like that scene. But we're talking about Aunt Baru and um, Uncle Owen. We haven't mentioned the blue milk, and I think I think we should be really hunted down and hung for not mentioning blue milk in a a new hope review. I mean, can we just mention it now? Can we give it a little yes, a little blue milk love? Um, I'd like to say blue milk helped me through depression, um, and it it allowed my balls to drop. What did it do to you? Uh, blue milk helped kill my leukemia. Um, oh. It helped me kill my <laughs> me kill my anxiety. Um, and my my <laughs> my um my crippling osteoporosis. <laughs> <laughs> my autism oh. oh you know if if you want answers look no further than blue milk blue milk it helps you with any bodily function <laughs> blue milk if your if your semen looks blue don't blame us <laughs> oh. good we got I a monkey joking yeah, we got a ranking joking. Um, well, there you go. We mentioned Blue Milk. Now, I think we need to wrap it up. What are we rating this film? Um, and why? An eight. I could stretch for a nine. But why are we giving it an eight or a nine, though? What, what pushes it's, it? It's solid. It has a brilliant story. Um, Definitely. Uh, and... You can just watch it on its own. Definitely. Well, uh, I would say it's a story. Um, I, I think we have to push it to a nine. If we're allowed to push it to a nine, I'll definitely push it to a nine. Okay, it's nine. my favourite Star Wars. So we're pushing it to a nine. I think it's got a brilliant story. I, I, it's timeless. Um, I can never get sick of this film. It, it's got a charm about it that no other Star Wars film has. Um, while it might, may not necessarily rank up with Empire Strikes Back when it comes to kind of effects and revolutionising and lightsaber duels and all that funky action. I think in many aspects it beats it with its story and that's why it's up there for me. I mean, I love Luke in this film. I love Han Solo. I love Leia. I love Chewbacca. I even love the droids. Um, and um, I don't necessarily love Obi-Wan, but he's I like him. He's like an uncle. I do not love him, but I like him. So that's I, I just sagged up an uncle, didn't I? I'm not going to yeah, say which uncle I'm talking about. Not as good uh, as not Uncle Jerry. Uncle. I didn't even course. know what that meant when I said not, that. Not but. as good as Uncle Jerry, sadly. Uncle Uncle Joey. And what about Joey Diaz there? Oh, well, yeah, no. Joey Diaz is a beautiful comic, a fat one as well. I had no offence. Um, but yeah, I think if we, can, if we can push for a nine, let's push for a nine. A New Hope, nine out of ten. In my universe, ten out of ten. But nine out of ten if we're pushing. Um, anything to plug away? Um, the Lego animation will be coming oh, very soon. The update. It's well in production. I've completed oh. all the sets. I've completed all the scripts. I've got all the software. Um, and I'm Ooh. going to start filming tomorrow. This is, and oh, well, I know, when, when can we expect it? Um, I'm not sure. It may take uh, quite a bit longer than I expected. I know I said last. Oh. I know I said last week that I'd have it up 
within the week, but I didn't realize um, how far behind I actually was. But well, I've, I think we're, we're, we're all got it. Our seat to it. I've got it all in my head now. I've got. I know exactly what I want to do, and I'm on track. I could have it well, out within two to three weeks, maybe one, if I work extra hard, which I will definitely try and do. Yes, so that that's great. If you're looking out for Louis's stop motion uh, animation, you can expect it in three weeks or in one week. The guessing game begins. One to three weeks. <laughs> that's a big open space, but I'm sure uh, people will do all right finding it. And I'll, I'll definitely give them an update as soon as it's released. Because um, I think I, I'm actually excited to see what you can do. Because um, Louis put on his Instagram, uh, you, you did like a. Um, explain it to yourself. You, yeah. you did your own little custom. So, um, yeah, I made my. Uh, because obviously. Um, <laughs> I am 15. I don't have a reliable source of income right now. So, but uh, what, I do have, but what I do have is a large quantity of Lego. So, I decided I thought to... you were going to say lemons for some reason. Lemons. Yes, I have a large quantity of lemons. I do, actually. Um, oh, well, that's great. Yeah, but I have a large quantity of Lego. So, I rummaged through my, through my Lego box... And I put out all the pieces. Trash bags. And <laughs> and I um, managed to put together my own custom um, dildo. A, <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, yes. But also, oh, I'm also my, my, my own uh, custom Lego ATRT Walker that was uh, used in the Clone Wars. Um, and can I just say, all jokes aside, it is actually brilliant. Yeah. It's not a custom dildo. It's much better, and I know that for a fact. Yeah. It's much better than any custom dildo I've ever bought. And I'm, um, uh, I may be able to put together a, a second ATRT Walker. So you might see two in whoa. the Star Frame animation. Uh, well, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. And you're, oh well, let's not forget you're doing voiceover. Oh let's yeah, the voiceover. So, yeah. If you've loved Louis' uh, Star Wars languages, I'm sure he'll put that into some great English acting. Yes. Um, I've actually never seen you act, so I'm excited to see what comes out of this. Yes. And I it's have, not good, Louis. I've be also, I've also put together... Um, so I couldn't find the actual... I couldn't find the actual Commander Bly, um, who is the commander of the 327th... Uh, wow. Star... He's actually uh, you know Star Command. He was um, he was the one who killed the uh, blue Twilight Jedi in uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Um, and I managed to create him as a Phase One clone trooper. Uh, the one that uh, we see him as a Phase One clone trooper in the Clone Wars. We don't see him as a Phase One clone trooper in the films. But I managed to mm. put him together as a Phase One clone trooper, um, so he is also going to be in the animation, along with uh, another commander who is unnamed. He's just from a Lego set. <laughs> well, uh, I'm because you. I always feel like a bad Star Wars fan when I listen to you talk about it because you know so many details about clones and their ranks. I swear to God, I feel like a shitty person. 
and a shitty human being when I listen to you talk about Star Wars compared to my knowledge. <laughs> and that's that's why I think your uh, top film animation is going to be good. And maybe we can get George Lucas to uh, show some love to it. I'm going to email oh. him vis- vigorously and just annoy him all day long because that's what I do anyway. Um, I moan at him for the prequels, so I will say, watch this, there goes stop film animation. Because obviously um, me and George are big pals. Of course. You know, best buds, best buds. You've got um, uh, you've got Quentin Tarantino on speed dial. I've got Quentin Tarantino on one side and George Lucas on the other. I mean, it is, it's a friendship circle of legends, um, and I'm the Good biggest legend talent. in it. Yeah, yes, it's amazing. Imagine if Tarantino well, made the... a Star Wars film. Oh, yes, that is something that that is something to think about. Well, think about that when you go into bed tonight. Um, I've got something to plug. I do a podcast with some other people. Uh, Louis not my only friend, but he's he's a good one. High five. We're not even in the same room, but we're high five and over the internet. Um, I do another podcast with. Tom Manning and Aiden Robinson. It's called Eight Wheels and a Pair of Legs. It's more of a comedy podcast and has nothing to do with Star Wars, but it's a it's a good it's a good little listen. It's only about twenty minutes long. Enjoy that one. I'm also starting up a new podcast, which Louis is on an episode of at some point. We can get that together. Uh, it's called the Talking Shit Podcast. It's more of a one man podcast, um, kind of like the Monday Morning Podcast with Bill Burr. Uh, but it's a pretty good one. Pretty good does one. Bill so check Burr out those have a podcast. He does, Louis. My he God, does. I need to Monday listen morning. to this. It's really good. Have you seen his comedy? No, I haven't. Oh, I, the only thing that I've seen with him in it is F is for Family, and yes. I got to check this out now. And F is for Family, which I'm reviewing on my Instagram. So if I can plug that, my Instagram at the real Tyler Brown with dots in between all the words. Um, well, that was another week, and uh, I, I really enjoyed watching this film and reviewing it. So that's another week of the Sky. Do we have a name for this weekly thing we're doing right now? I think it's The Road, The Road, um, The Road. The Road? <laughs> the road. What? <laughs> I was going to say, like, the, the Road to the Skywalker Saga, but it's already finished. The Road so, of the Skywalker Saga. The Sky of the Walker of the Saga. That's a good one. Perfect. Yeah. It was another week of the sky of the Walker of the Saga. Uh, we will catch you next week uh, while you fall off a building uh, and we will catch you and we will watch Empire Strikes Back. Probably the most, would you say it's consensusly, is that a word consensusly? Fucking it, I can't speak. I don't think it's, so. It's, okay, let me say a word I do know. Renowned. It's renowned as... Um, Probably the best Star Wars film, mostly, by most people. Definitely, would you say? Yeah. I would yeah, um, I would have to agree with you on that, Tyler. Yeah. I mean, I don't... It's not my favourite. It's second. Well, I don't want to spoil that. Oh, wait a minute. God, we are really messing up this ending, but we didn't even rank it. We didn't even rank A New Hope. Where does it rank oh, currently? Okay. Amongst Sorry? the prequels. Where does A New Hope rank for you? See, and um, just of the films we've watched already, so it's just the prequels, where would it rank? This is just my personal preference. It's uh, it's just below Revenge of the Sith. Oh, 
It's just because Revenge of the Sith has more Clone Wars action in it, which you know I enjoy very much. Scum. Well, I've basically already said it's my favourite, so obviously it's number one. The best Star Wars film of all time. Fight me. Fight me. Fuck you. And goodbye.